the definitive guide to holiday-let success. From interviews with successful holiday homeowners and industry experts to useful and usable ideas, resources and discussion. Good morning, it's Elaine from Holiday Let Success podcast and welcome to the podcast. And it's my huge pleasure today to welcome an extremely experienced property investor to the show. This is John Kerr. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. Hello, Eileen. How are you this morning? I'm great. Good, good. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'll just give you a little bit of background on John, who is, he's got a large property portfolio. He'll tell us all about how he got into investing in properties and how his property portfolio has changed over the years and where it's going now. He was a chartered surveyor, he's a property mastermind graduate, and according to his About Us page, he's a vegetable grower, which we love vegetable growers. (laughs) So hey John, tell us a bit about you and tell us how you got going as a property investor and how your property investments have now turned to the holiday lettings and short-term let market. Welcome. Uh, Thank you, Elaine. Yes. Well, I've always been interested in property and indeed uh, as a charter surveyor and estate manager, that's what I did for much of my sort of corporate life and sort of bought extra properties. My first, I suppose you'd call it an investment property was way back in the 80s in Cambridge before you could do buy to let and get buy to let mortgages. Um, I didn't really do it uh, very commercially, though. And it wasn't until about the late 2000s, about 2007, when I, I went to a property investing uh, day, a quick start course, and suddenly the, um, my light bulb came on. You could buy an unlimited number of um, properties, each one cash flowing positive, and replace what was my chief executive's um, salary um, as the chief executive of a, a law practice in London. And that's what I proceeded to do over the next two and a half years and quit that job in 2010. Wow. So very quickly to build a portfolio to replace an entire income from your full time CEO job. And that's no um, medium level income. You were on a top income and you very quickly replaced that by building up your property portfolio. Amazing start. So did you always plan to replace that income or did you really fall into that and then it snowballed from there and what was the first investment that you actually went for? Ah yes Uh, did I plan or did I fall (laughs) into it? I think probably I fell into it more than I planned it. I was kind of forced into it in that the the, the, the legal practice job it was working for a bunch of barristers Uh just off Fleet Street which was quite stressful and so therefore I was looking for an alternative and I'd reached that age in my life, I think, uh, uh, in my 50s, when I realised I was not only unemployable, but I didn't want to be employed. So I was looking for independence. And uh, I found out that through this, this quick start property investing course, that what I could do. But actually, I'd, and this is the key to the uh, holiday let vacation rental opportunity that I discovered. My first property, if you like, um, I'd bought before that up in Edinburgh while I was working in Edinburgh and commuting at weekends between Edinburgh and Mid-Kent. And I uh, left that property when I went down to work in, back down to work in London. 
And uh, what happened was I had a couple of tenants in there and I flooded downstairs with... So the place needed refurbed. I just spent money on it. And then I thought, oh my gosh. what should I do with this place? At that point, I only had one extra property. So I was an accidental landlord. Okay. And, uh, so we'd stayed, interesting start. <laughs> we'd stayed in the, in the grass market in a property run by a very successful person doing this in Edinburgh. And I thought, I will holiday let it. But do you know what, Elaine? Um... I thought it won't work because it's scuzzy. It's horrible. But <laughs> my experts went to look at it. She said, John, the location is perfect. Visitors will not mind the bins, the paladins, the scuzzy stairs, the close, which is shared with, ex with local authority tenants, etc. They will love the location 400 yards down the Royal Mile from the castle. And that was in 2008, 2009. And that's been um, a real revelation to me ever since. Amazing. And that really goes to, to show just how important location is. Yes, although I've, I will also show that actually I've found markets for properties that where it's less location sensitive. So, for example, an ex-local authority property in southwest Scotland, uh, which is unlettable to anyone other than housing benefits. For six years, we've been letting to contractors on short-term contractors, some with mud in their boots and some with ties around their collars. Oh, amazing. So it's when it moves into the short term, and this is where we'll start to see that really targeting the right audience is very, very important. So there's so many different elements that can come into play when it comes to holiday letting and short-term letting. And we'll, we'll explore the difference between, between the two and the, the, the overlap as well. So that was really your first start and you ended up in the holiday let industry almost by accident. Where did your portfolio progress from that first place in Edinburgh and, and letting out the holiday home or vacation rental market? Well, I bought my portfolio much of when I was chief executive. So a lot of, I mean, it ranges from Kent right up to Edinburgh, Glasgow and southwest Scotland. Uh, I'm based in, in Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire, which is where most of my properties are. And I bought them as deals. And that's why they're geographically widespread and they're quite diverse. So when I quit my job in 2010, I looked at a way in which I could take that portfolio and really increase my income from it. And the serviced accommodation markets um, were the obvious markets to me to do that because I'd done it in a property in, in London, a garden flat that was otherwise unlettable uh, through Airbnb when Airbnb started in Britain in March of 2012. And I'm continuing to convert my properties some of which are real, um, well, they're really not very good. Okay. Just some of them. One in particular I call the Silk Purse Project, which is in Glasgow, uh, a rather inexpensive three-bedroom maisonette in a medium-rise ex-local authority flat, which I'm really pleased with. It's the sort of place I'd love to go and stay there for a few weeks, and we're just getting it online at the moment. Excellent. And that is going straight onto Airbnb primarily, is that right? Um, it, I, it will go to Airbnb and Booking.com. Airbnb is not my mainstream now. Booking.com is definitely the mainstream. But my main aim is to do my own marketing, as the Vacation Rental World Summit recommends that we all do, i.e. do not be beholden to the listing sites. 
Yeah, moving into independence at any opportunity and learning your own marketing. That's right. My own Facebook page, my own booking page. And I'm currently looking at various channel managers. I'm trialing two or three of them at the moment. Um, you know, the, 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 the managers who will make sure that you're listed across a whole load of sites and they're never double booked. Excellent stuff. And that's a really key area, actually, is to find something that will work for you as a channel management I'd love and your be able to and what they think is a good channel manager yeah definitely we should ask that question if you if you have experience with a channel management what is your favorite channel manager i use beds 24 which i absolutely love and i've actually got a, a quick overview of that as a video available on the website holidayletsuccess.com so do go and take a quick look at that one thank you yeah, you can. You, it's it's so good. I won't I won't start going on about it now. It will all be on the on the video. But it's it's great. Really took me a long time to find something that was uh, perfect for me, and I've found that that is it. So tell us about how you found moving really a little bit away from holiday let almost because into Airbnb because. Airbnb, holiday lets, I always find it quite difficult to, to understand exactly how holiday homeowners, vacation rental owners really feel about Airbnb because, and if they're willing to give it a go, because I also, I think there's a little bit of a thought that, oh, it's not really us as holiday homeowners. It's more for the sharing economy, which absolutely, it truly is huge in the sharing economy. But I feel that it really does have a place in the holiday let and vacation rental industry. And what has been your experience using Airbnb? And then tell us how you, you moved away, or not totally away from Airbnb, but how you got onto using Booking.com. Yes, I mean, as I said, I started with Airbnb when it was uh, in the UK as CrashPadder.com, and it bought <clears throat> CrashPadder in um, March of 2012, just before the Olympics. And I had a, a, a small one-bedroom garden flat, three stops from the Olympics in a place called Dalston. Um, so I, I'm quite expert on Airbnb, and I've been involved in the London um, Airbnb hosts group. I think Airbnb have now closed their hosts. And yes, you're quite yeah. right. It's basically for the sharing economy, for people who are sharing their existing, their own homes. And in London, they were, there's a kind of love-hate relationship between, um, <clears throat> you know, sh sh room only, i.e. sharing, and entire flat, entire home, which is what I was doing. But nevertheless, you know, a significant proportion of Airbnb hosts are doing this. And I think I think it's great. But I don't outside of London and maybe Paris or Paris and maybe London zone two. I don't think you can rely on Airbnb uh, for a, a holiday let business because I don't think it will give you all the bookings. Yeah, for, understood. For example, I don't think my Edinburgh holiday let is being displayed by Airbnb at the moment. And I've, sh I've phoned them up, not for the next few months. It's being displayed for, for December. And I phoned them up and said, oh, you may be on rotation. Um, and despite the fact I'm drilling in for a specific location, they tell me that sometimes they take hosts' properties off. That's what I suggest it means. So, you know, that's simply not good enough. And then since... Um, since November last year in Edinburgh, which is where I have my main holiday let, Booking.com have really gone out and reached out to um, apartment owners like me to take our business. 
and it has produced right. something like it's gone from being 20% to now 90% of my bookings up in Edinburgh. It's actually, I'm too dependent on booking.com now. That's an amazing it's shift, a huge isn't it? shift, and I keep putting my prices up um, just uh, to, yeah. to balance it. Because, of course, once you've booked out a place, then Airbnb can't come in or home away or uh, uh, trip uh, holiday lettings, which I use as well. Um, so I keep putting my prices up for booking.com and still the bookings come in. That's incredible. So I feel that with Airbnb coming in and they have had a massive impact, whether you use them or whether you don't, there is some form of impact uh, for the holiday homeowner, for hotels, for the sharing economy, because they are so big. And like you said, there's a definite love-hate relationship. So where... That, that's one of my concerns with Airbnb is I've loved my journey with Airbnb. But like you just touched on, there's a few things that they do, which I don't know why they do. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. Very, very suddenly, someone who's become very reliant on Airbnb can suddenly find themselves cut out by Airbnb. So as you said, your property's been removed for no apparent reason. And as you say, that's simply not good enough. How can we as holiday home or serviced accommodation providers rely on a system like that? Because as you said, you, you just mentioned you may be feeling a little bit too reliant on Booking.com. If you were very, very reliant on Airbnb and they suddenly decided to whip the rug out from under your feet, I mean, how do we, it's very, very difficult to balance that. And I see that from what you've just said, maybe booking.com have realized that that's happening and have started to react by reaching out to owners like you. And that's really starting to, to pay off. Do you, would you agree with, with that? Yes, I would. I think the simple answer is, you can't rely on building a business based on the listing providers. The Vacation Rental World Summit was right in that score. Uh, I know people who've been shut down for no reason by Airbnb. I haven't actually been removed. I'm just simply not being displayed on any measure and on any search for the next few months currently. And I don't understand that, despite the fact I'm a major client. I'm a major host of Airbnbs. Um, yeah, so go ahead, uh, the answer really is we have to do our own marketing. And I cite the example of um, Naomi on you probably interviewed her on Cotswold um, Holiday Accommodation, who does social media marketing with her own website so brilliantly well. And that's what I need to do. Uh, fortunately, my wife, Cassie, uh, she does social media marketing for businesses. So it's great to have her on board. And we are talking actually on the same platform uh, in York uh, on Wednesday night about about my topic and her topic. Right. So you do actually share the information that you have amassed during your journey within property and using the various booking sites. And you've clearly got a lot of knowledge in the different areas and you're very much able to to look at it as a, a real strategy and you clearly realize you can't rely on one location and of course you're expanding your reach using social media and your own bookings to to deal with that and you share all this knowledge in the form of property investment talks can you tell That's us a bit about right. that yes i've talked at something like uh, 30 um uh, property meetings over the last year about uh, serviced accommodation and the opportunities to um 
make people realize that there's a, an opportunity to take their existing property portfolio and do something dramatically different with it. So, for example, I've increased the profits from my Edinburgh property tenfold. Amazing. Now, it's gone up from £650 per annum profit, you know, and many buy-to-let owners will be, will be along, along those lines, and I'm taking into account all costs, to £11,500 per annum. So that's nearly £1,000 a month. That's incredible. When you've got a property which is yielding you, after all costs, £1,000 a month, you don't need too many of those to replace a, a typical job income. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you think that success and that change came down to. Was it changing the type of investment so from maybe a long-term let to a short-term let or was it diversifying the market was it providing a better service what really made that change come about um the real change I mean, what which change are you referring to the change in my own shift from buy to let to short let that huge income well, shift actually it is airbnb airbnb gave me the confidence airbnb is an absolute game changer i don't i would never knock it i really promote it they're a game changer. They're, they're changing this industry hugely. I mean, tonight, they will introduce 750,000 people who are strangers to each other. So a host letting into their property, a guest. And that's done in 191 countries. And that's been done largely since 2011. I know they started in 2008, but they didn't really get going till 2010-11. And that growth is still continuing. And I think what hap is happening is the others are, are taking, they're making the market and the others are taking the market. So Booking.com are really doing that. But Booking.com are coming at it from the perspective that the hotel industry is finding that business travelers do not want to stay long term in hotels. They want self-catering. And that's why Booking.com is making that shift, because it realizes that the market is changing, the business market wants self-catering it doesn't want a hotel room with a bar restaurant and all that thing all that and that is why this market is so exciting yeah very much so so you can really tailor the experience that your property provides for the visitor whether they be a holiday visitor or as you say a business visitor and you can really change the the future of your investment to meet the demand for that particular area. Look at Savile's research in this, which is recommending that um, Birmingham and Scotland are going to be the massive growth areas um, for serviced apartments. So what our market is outside of holiday lets is contractors. And I mentioned that you can have contractors with grit on their boots off the, off the site in some properties. And I've got properties that lend, lend itself ideally to those, those clients, those guests. And then you can have other contractors who are more consultants with um, uh, consulting for the big management consulting firms like Accenture who are quite happy to pay, or the company is happy to pay, 100 and £120 a night for um, an apartment for one person. Amazing stuff. And that so it is growing. So it's really keeping an eye on what is actually coming up, the changes in the market that are actually coming up, and that's doing your research before you buy. So if you are... If you were talking to an existing holiday home owner who maybe hasn't ventured into 
either Airbnb or maybe into providing a service or diversifying the experience or service that they offer. So instead of focusing solely on a holiday home market, maybe looking at a business market, what would you say to somebody in that situation? Right, Elaine. Well, I'm no expert in how this is. And what I'm about to say might be a little bit controversial to your listeners, but I suspect that many holiday homeowners, cottage, um, holiday cottages, they contract with the marketing agencies who take uh, a large percentage of their rent and still leave them to do the, uh, the cleaning and the, the linen. Um, what that means is that those organizations, I'm not going to mention them by name, they're, they're, they're focused entirely on the holiday market. And what that means is that the owner have no, they have no experience of the other markets because they're not doing any marketing. So my advice to them is to get savvy, get online, and understand how Airbnb, Booking.com, and you get a Facebook page, get a website, get all that done, um, find somebody you can work with to do it, and then you will discover what your market is. It's not easy to do your market research. The best way to do the market research here is to get out there and start letting a room or letting an apartment. And then you'll know who wants it, and you'll have and you will have so much demand that you will be asking letting agents if they're going to let you have a, a corporate let to satisfy the demand that comes to you. Excellent stuff. Thanks for, for sharing your advice on that, because it's clear that you've been through those different scenarios and really have put the work and the time in to, to take that extra step into the unknown, which is what is the scary Thing, isn't yes, it? When you're yes. so used that's, to. That's right. I've had someone who's done the marketing for me and she did a splendid job, still does my, my housekeeping. But because she's got six of her own properties in that location and uh, six, had six plus for, of others, including mine, then uh, she's going to price them to fill them. So when I took over after my Airbnb experience in 2012, so when I could took over all the marketing, not only did I increase my gross income from 12,000, uh, which we got up to about 16 or 17,000 for a two-bedroom property, I now uh, gross 32,000, and next year, i.e., this year, I'm looking to gross 35,000 because I'm focused on my marketing and I'm looking at all the opportunities to do that. So if you leave it to somebody else. You know, in a way, you could argue they're going to fill their own properties first. I, I'm not sure I'd be that cynical. But nevertheless, when you've got a lot to fill, then it's difficult to um, maximise your profit. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And that's the first question that came into my mind, actually. I don't want to sound really cynical now, but that would be my first question is, well, if they've got six of their own properties to fill if in that one area, then they're going to probably look at filling those yes. first and you, could, <laughs> and you could argue that that's exactly the same scenario that airbnb is going through at the moment they're attracting so many new hosts that they need to give the new hosts the encouragement of success so perhaps that's why some of the existing hosts properties does not get displayed on because of this rotation principle um i think that's a bit cynical but airbnb because airbnb is governed largely as i understand it by algorithms um, but the admission of rotation to me was, um, well, that, that really begs a question. Mm, that's, that's a very interesting point you've just made, actually, because ultimately Airbnb are a business. And although they want individual properties to be rented out and 
and of course they'll make a, a percentage of that like you say moving forwards they they are trying to grow and they do want to introduce more people and as you say people won't stay if they're not successful so yes i can understand what you've just said yeah, and what, that really what, makes what that quite an interesting what they're point doing is they're putting a they're, they're, they're fixing a price, and this is now a very competitive market. When I went up to Edinburgh in 2001 to work up there, there would have been no way, in fact, there was no way that I could have found short-term accommodation without going on to spare room, um, to the websites, and going and being interviewed by the existing occupiers or the owners. Now um, you can book online, and a stranger will take you in. So they have, they have performed wonders since then. Um, and that's meaning that the market's changing, but the, but and it's meaning that more and more people, possibly as a result of my talks and my seminars, as much as anything, are going to be getting on this market. But I believe I know some serviced uh, accommodation providers who are very critical of the fact that I'm talking about this because they want to keep it secret. Well, you can't keep a genie in a bottle like this. And my take on this is that the market will grow. We're changing the way in which we travel, have our vacations, have our short breaks, and indeed travel for business. So the market will be tremendous, I think, and the growth will be tremendous. Um, and I'm fortunate in that my property portfolio is so diverse and geographically spread that I, I'm not um, worried about competition in any particular area. The Edinburgh market is just huge. Um, and <clears throat> I, I also... I'm getting into what I call the service department market, which is quite a different market. That's the £100 a night um, knowledge worker, you know, on several weeks and several months in a particular location. And I'm working with um, an expert who I reckon that you should have in your, one of the podcasts podcasts in, in Milton Keynes. And he's really sewn up that market. And I'm looking to develop that in uh, in another town uh, around where I operate. Um uh, on a rent-to-rent basis, so because the demand is so strong. So I'm pioneering a three-bedroom apartment in a place called Leighton Buzzard at the moment, and I might even be uh, doing this in Luton, St Albans and Harplandon area. Um, and because I can't buy property uh, fast enough, then it's important that I look to owners who are interested in doing uh, a corporate let to me so that I can satisfy this growing market. Great stuff. So can you touch on how you would go about that as a as a rent to rent? Explain maybe that term to people that haven't really come across it before. Well, rent to rent is this sort of concept where um, uh, if you can't afford to buy, i.e. you haven't got sufficient to put the deposit down, but you know you've got a demand to fill the space, um, that you, you would go to an existing owner and say, look, would you be interested in letting your property long term to me? For a fixed rent, there'll be no voids and I will look after the maintenance of your property. So if it's done directly with the owner, um, that he will not, he or she will not need to uh, pay any agents, uh, commission, etc. So it's a great deal for them and there'll be no voids. If it's with a letting agent, then you need to get the letting agent on side and to make sure that actually you look after the agent's fees, etc., so that they will recommend to that owner who is predisposed to doing this sort of um, uh, letting, um, uh, they will recommend it to the owner. It's important that you satisfy all the legal requirements of lease provisions, mortgage provisions, and indeed any planning um, uh, constraints that there may or may not be in place. Excellent. So I, 
I think it's so important to I think and I think what's come out of all of this this conversation that we've had today is that really as a holiday homeowner if you're an existing holiday homeowner or you're new to the market you've only concentrated on one area actually if you look and you speak to the right people such as John then you can really look at employing this as a way to really grow your investment and to look and see how you can actually change what you are doing to get the most return and to see that there are other options out there like like rent to rent that John mentioned to fit a market which is currently growing like crazy and John's right on the pinnacle and the forefront and pioneering these different changes so great stuff John thank you for sharing that thank you so could you tell us a little bit about the service? If somebody was come to come to you and to take on your services, what service do you offer now as well as the, the, the properties that, that you offer? What do you actually do for people as part of your speaking, online courses? How do you work? So we'll have a lot of free stuff on my website. Um, we can come to that later. But yes, I, do, yeah. I do a lot of talks and a lot of Skype calls with people to inspire them and to give them the confidence and the courage to move into this. Um, but I'm very conscious, uh, and we're running, as I mentioned, um, uh, just over half a dozen uh, one-day uh, workshops in June and July throughout the UK. But I'm very conscious that going to a workshop or a, um, or a training course is perhaps not good enough for people who need hand-holding. So that's what I do. I do a six-step programme which is all on my website, um, which basically is six Skype calls with supporting um, online uh, support. And those calls are recorded and we provide there's lots of content. And what, what they do, they're, they're, those calls are set at a time to, to, to suit the client so that they can actually move into this. And they're priced, uh, quite, the whole thing is priced you know, at the cost of one decent booking, actually, just under £500. It's extremely accessible for somebody in this market. So if I'd met somebody like me who would have done that way back in 2012 for Edinburgh, I would have moved my gross from 17,000 up to 30,000 plus much faster. And, um, uh, you know, and that's the important thing. And this is all to do with marketing. And marketing isn't just um, on the websites, etc. It's about how you lay out your product, how you stage your product, the soft furnishings, what the pictures look like, the quality of the photography, um, as well as how you um, uh, promote it uh, online. Really exceptional points there. I, it's something that I, I probably go on about quite a lot, but the photography and really sharing exactly what you've got to offer, as you just mentioned, all the points you just mentioned, that's our window as the homeowners in whichever market you're, you're, you're hoping to attract that is the way you attract someone to your property. And if the photos aren't there, if you haven't staged it beautifully, then you're missing out on bookings yes. and, and ultimately income. Yeah, I just received this morning uh, the photographs for what I call the Silk Purse Project. You remember the yeah. medium rise um, ex-local authority block of flats that was uh, trashed by a tenant not long ago. I received yeah. those photographs over the week uh, this morning. He photographed them yesterday. Gosh, um, after a refurb that I'd done, I'm so chuffed with them. I really am pleased with them. I can't wait to get them online and get them Excellent. up and running. Would you consider sharing a before and an after photo with me? 
that I could put on the website uh, just to show oh, what yes, you've done? Absolutely. Um, Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I would I would love to see uh, you know the before and after. And as you you say that that quality of that photo that you're so so pleased with, that's what you should be thinking. I'm so pleased with this photo, and I can't wait to get it online yeah. to share it. When you're in your position, that's that's what you want to be feeling. That's when you know it, it, it that is. you've got the right photo. Yeah, you get really. I'm quite passionate about this whole subject. I love it. Uh, and interesting what you talk about the before and after, because the after is it's still a block of flats, which is ex-local yeah. authority. There's nothing I can do about that. No. Um, but you know what? It's it, it might it, it's in a good area of Glasgow. But it's obviously, it is what it is. But you know what? Inside is what my market, particularly the contractors' markets, come to enjoy. And they may well not be too bothered about the location. And the price doesn't need to be high. And it may well be that some people on holiday, I know this will fill for the golf open in Trude. Yeah. It will fill. £2,000 yeah. for a week. In fact, most people just want three days. That will. That's the equivalent of four months rent, five months rent under my old system. Yeah, that's that's an amazing point you've just made there. And I really hope that that one sentence has driven home the importance to anyone listening, that the importance of really looking at the market and thinking how you can really diversify what you're doing and tweak and change to make it work for you. Because ultimately, you're a small business owner as someone, whether you have one holiday home, whether you have several holiday homes, whether you have properties you've not decided what to do with. It's it's an investment. Ultimately, it's an investment and it's a business. And that's what a savvy business owner does. They look up and they look out and they see what's going on. And I think that's really key. So thank you for, for sharing that, John. So let's start just giving us an idea of what your could, – could you have really a guiding philosophy or a principle – considering what we've just talked about as well, that you think would really help holiday homeowners in today's market? Oh, that's a tricky question. That's a, um, I, my guiding philosophy would be never presume. Never presume is they won't want that. Uh, you've got to go out and test it. Oh, I can't let that property to that market, etc. For example, um, you know, my... Um, my Silk Perth project, you know, um, or indeed the property in Edinburgh, which was scuzzy behind the back of uh, the pub, <laughs> etc. But do you know what? I see a lot of, um, I talk to a lot of holiday home operators who only think about the peak markets, and that's the only time they're going to be able to get any bookings. Well, I could never make a business on the peak markets, and in fact, I need to put my efforts into, for the holiday property, into getting those properties filled on the shoulder, on the non-peak markets. And what I, I would, my guiding philosophy would be say is never assume that nobody will want to live there. And I think that uh, the, 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 the number of people who are actually quite keen to have one and two month short breaks, in Edinburgh, I filled it up for two months over November, December and early January from somebody from Spain who was working in Edinburgh. Uh, for the time, and I averaged um, what I, I took half my normal rate, but a two-month booking for two thousand seven hundred pounds um, was was great, etc. And um, if you if I had taken a three-night booking for Hogmanay, I wouldn't have been able to get that because it would have been full. Yeah, so I absolutely. Kept, I kept my Hogmanay prices up, and I said it's six nights minimum, 
um, and I got this booking, uh, which was was an extra, well, an extra £1,700 for a period that I would have found not difficult to let. But you know what? Um, I, take, I am normally on three and four night breaks uh, for people. So turning over every three to four nights is quite expensive. For me, it's my, my turnover costs are £80, quite high, actually, on that particular property. Um, so therefore, to have a long term uh, or actually long term, several month rental is worth it. So never assume. Go out there and find if there's a market for this particular property. Um, the property I was telling you about in Glasgow, it's it's a fifty thousand pound three bedroom maisonette. There's one an auction next door. You could probably pick up maybe now for round about that. I think it's being sold this week or next. You know there are opportunities everywhere. Yeah, so don't tie yourself to one area. It's a great, great philosophy that you've just shared. Don't necessarily tie yourself to the one area. Open up, look around, and don't assume. Great advice. Thank you. So let's have a think about where you think the future of the holiday let or vacation rental industry is headed. Oh, um, I wouldn't describe myself as a complete expert in this. No way. Uh, but it's kind of obvious, really, and that is that um, we're, did, do you remember the word staycation? More people are having a break at home, i.e. in the UK. More people are booking their own place directly. So it's about getting, um, so I think it's about getting um, direct to your, your guest, to your client, to your customer. Um, and it's about building your brand. Somebody said to me that every property should have a Facebook page and a YouTube video. It will require more than a YouTube video uh, in future. It will require one of those things on Google. Is it local? Where you go put in the postcode and you go straight inside your apartment. And street you view, yeah. Street view, you have to go out the door. Um, so uh, I think it's about um, the, the technology of marketing uh, your, your 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 property. Great advice, thank you. So, how would you advise somebody that's that's brand new? They've just bought a holiday home and they're thinking, I I don't know where to market my property. What would you tell them to do first? Mm. <laughs> I would tell them to get an Airbnb listing, and either to come to me for the uh, referral code, or indeed to go to you and ask for the referral code. Because sure. they'll get £35 back when they use those codes. But much more importantly, Airbnb will provide them with free photography. Um, and it will give them the opportunity to start small. And also, and vitally, Airbnb will give them the opportunity to, um, to vet any guests should they want to do that. I don't do that with my property, but many hosts might want to do that. I think you need to have the confidence to allow strangers into your property and trust them. But many people won't want to do that. To, to, to get an Airbnb listing and to dip your toe in the water and get your property moving will be fantastic. Great advice. Absolutely great advice. And it's it's a very accessible way, isn't it, to get going Airbnb? Because you don't actually... Cost, yeah. cost nothing to, to do the listing. Um, and the fees are very low at 3% plus VAT to the to the host, fees to the guest are up to 12%, so they pay a bit of a whack on it, but never mind. 
to you, at least to get started, that's a good way. But do not uh, hitch your wagon to one team of horses. Very good advice. So can I just ask you a question? When people come to you um, as a potential guest, how do you go about speaking to them and providing a service to them? Do you ensure that they know information about the area? Do you leave information in the property? How do you do that? Do you, do you have a series of emails set up? How do you go about that? Right, that's a really good question. And I'm a bit exceptional because I live in, um, in, uh, in Buckinghamshire. And my property, my, my main property, as you know, is in Edinburgh. And we installed a key safe, uh, otherwise known as a lockbox, two and a half years ago outside the property because my um, housekeeper didn't really found it difficult doing check-ins, waiting, parking and all that sort of thing. And since then, neither of us have seen a guest. <laughs> wow. And I do all the management. She does the housekeeping. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and it works. It just works, but it works on the basis of a housekeeper you can absolutely rely on, not a cleaner, because you need a housekeeper who can step in for the cleaner if the cleaner lets her down or him down. You need a handyman or two, a good handyman and a backup handyman to be in call just in case the Wi-Fi goes down or somebody is so inept they can't or they break something. Uh, you need a key safe, preferably a push button type. I use Key Secure, a key control, KS Dig 1K. I've tried lots of them. And then what you need is the fourth component, uh, apart from a channel manager, of course, is an absolutely excellent handbook online so that people know how stuff works. I uh, send that to them in advance. It's all done by email. I rarely speak to my guests. It's all done by email these days. I don't take bookings by telephone. Um, and then an excellent guide as to how to navigate from the airport to your key safe and then up into the property, etc. Now, the key safe is on a block which is owned by the local authority and we thought they would complain, but they don't. It just works. Amazing stuff. So that really plays to the point of ensuring as much of what you do is automated, remove the repetitive daily tasks, but still provide an exceptional experience for your guests in making sure that all of these pieces of information go to them at the right time, such as the handbook online. Another point, uh, if you're using a key safe, Another thing that people could consider these days is a coded lock on the actual door. So then there's no keys and it's all gone altogether. Another step. Yes, I've, um, I have a friend who's promoting one of those. It's the electronic lock, uh, which I think would be pretty good uh, on your own door. But of course, in many apartments or blocks, you don't have control of the main door. So um, you need keys or fobs. Uh, oh, yes. So you still good. need a, a, key, a key safe. Yeah, very good point. Depends on the type of property that you've got. Right. And something else that you touched on, which I, I meant to question at the time, uh, you mentioned your turnover cost and that you knew that the second you mentioned it, you told us it was £80 for that one property. How important is it that a holiday homeowner knows their turnover cost? I think it's vitally important you know your cost because you, you need to know. I, I won't take a booking much under £300 um, because you know, it, 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 um, uh, I, I want to make some money out of that, uh, and it's three. That's so that, that's three nights minimum. Um, the turnover costs basically are the cleaning 
and the laundry, the laundry and linen. I think I could probably get it done cheaper. But you know what? I talked about delegating to a handyman, delegating to a housekeeper, and delegating the getting in to your guests through a key safe. The more you delegate to good people, the more those good people will do what they need to do for you. Yeah, agreed. Thank you for that. I think it's 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 such a key piece of information in your business is knowing your turnover costs. And as you say, not just the turnover costs, but the the true value of that turnover cost. A great housekeeper, a great maintenance person and knowing you can rely on them because that in itself is hugely valuable. It is. And I would not... Um be uh, looking at somebody at £8 or £7.60, whatever the, the national living wage is now. Um, yeah, I've had those people before and they've done an excellent job. They're the salt of the earth. But at the end of the day, when something matters in their life, then they're going, they're going to move and do what they need to do. But if you've got a business, um, a, a housekeeper with a business or a business kind of mindset supporting you, and they know that they need they, that they are they are responsible for your um, uh, for your service delivery. Uh, that that's really important. I, I see quite a lot of holiday owners who, who who go in and do the cleaning themselves when they when their their cleaners are not around. I think that's a bad mentality um, because they they don't have any good cleaners because the good cleaners leave them. They want good regular work and they want to be responsible and they want to be able to do it the way they want to do it, etc., to the standard that you set, but the standard that also they have. Yeah, very much so. That's a really good point because it, it's empowering them to want to stay with you and be a part of your team. And, and that can be done by allowing them the trust. It, it, that's and, right. And, and I'm just, I'm just appointed both a housekeeper and a handyman in Glasgow and guess where I found them? Tell me. Streetlife.co.uk, a fantastic site, better than Gumtree. Gumtree will get you lots of applications, but Streetlife gives you recommendations from local people, not very local people, highly, almost to the postcode. Oh, that's a, what a great share of a resource. Thank you. What an added bonus. Streetlife.co.uk. Excellent. I register uh, a Street Life account for every single one of my properties. Great share. Thank you. I will ensure that that is linked up in the property yeah, notes. Absolutely. And you That's where I build my on. local power team around. Great stuff. Fantastic, John. I'm aware that I've been chatting to you for a while. I could talk to you for hours. You're a wealth of uh, knowledge and information. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about you, how we might get in touch with you and any learning material that you would recommend for, for listeners? Yes. Um, well, getting in touch with me is best to get in touch with me through my website, uh, which is www dot your partner in property dot co dot uk and if you forward slash sa service departments sa you'll get to the page with all our stuff but the contact is a pop-up box on the bottom of that and you can schedule a short chat with me uh, at any time to suit you in terms of further resources this is the most frustrating area i've seen occasional books on this um but I don't, there's no cohesive publication on it at all. 
Um, and indeed, the representative organisations are few and far, far apart. They're kind of self-catering organisations, uh, which are really helpful. Um, I think there's a crying need for a book on this topic. And guess what? I'm writing it. Oh, great stuff. When's that going to be out? Very good question, Lillian. I need a joint venture partner to come in with me to hold my feet to the fire so we can get it out because it's oh. low down on my list of priorities and it's a manana project. Understood, yeah. Especially with... And somebody who, who will help me with the copywriting, but actually somebody who can have fun doing the thing together. And do you understand what I mean about holding my feet to the fire? Most definitely. Who doesn't need that? I need it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As do I. As does everybody, really. I think that's such a... I, it's having a mentor or and someone that can really share their knowledge with you. But as you say, not only that, really make sure you are sticking to what you say you're going to do yeah. for yourself and for your own goals and for your business goals. I just think that uh, it's, it's so important. So, that, so I've got several chapters of that book written, including the one on regulation of um, serviced accommodation and the chapter on Airbnb and several other chapters. And they are available um, as sort of mini ebooks, but uh, I think um, it'd be great to get this into one big book. Um, uh, like, uh, and if anybody knows of any um, uh, publication that I've missed out on, then do let me know. Right, great stuff. That's a call for any help or assistance. Do please drop us a message there, on the Facebook there, page. There was a book written by Toby Hone, H O N E, several years ago, about two or three years ago. And he produced in there a superb matrix, which I have on my um, on my webinar, of all the 18, um, well, I now have 18 market segments in this area, showing high value, low value, long term and short term. And it's the, it's the most informative slide I have in my presentation, which helps people to understand the, 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 the diverse markets. Yeah, great. Somebody that said sounds... to me that there's a new market that I'd forgotten, and it's called the... I call it the the tea lucking um, uh, traveling theater company market. You know the theater companies need accommodation when they're when they're doing their traveling, etc. Um, for several weeks while they're doing a show in that. And that, I thought, do you know what? Um, that's an interesting one, and that's not in that matrix, and it's going in. Yeah, that is definitely interesting. That's a perfect example of really starting to think and look around and just see what's happening and who needs accommodation. Great stuff. By, by tea-lucking, you'll know that the going in and the going out on, on, on stage, tea-lucking are those blue vans and they specialise in theatrical removals. Oh, that's what that's called. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. <laughs> so great stuff. So the best way that we can get in touch with you to get hold of some of the things that you've mentioned today. And did you mention, we mentioned to me in the, the pre-interview chat that you had a, a webinar that we could watch. Yes, I do. I've recorded a webinar on this. It runs for about 35 minutes because I'm speaking uh, so so much on the topic that I thought, well, I'll just do a, a, a webinar. And I've recorded that. Um, and that's available on the page that I referred to, yourpartnerandproperty.co.uk forward slash SA. Excellent stuff. Thank you, John, for spending the time with us today and really letting us know an awful lot about your property portfolio, how you have really truly turned this into a, an incredible business and, and a model that is repeatable and 
you're able to to teach that moving forwards and of course people can get in touch with you and I will ensure that everything that you've mentioned and shared with us today is linked up in the show notes at holidayletsuccess.com so thank you once more John for your time today it's been a real pleasure to meet you I've enjoyed talking to you Lynn thank you and we'll say goodbye for now I hope you'll get to speak to you again in the future thank you and goodbye distant future take care bye for now Bye. bye